Hey there. Before we get started, we want to take a moment to thank you for tuning in to the Kuhau Podcast. We hope it encourages you and draws you closer to Jesus as you listen. Let's get excited for this message and let's get ready to hear from God. Isaiah chapter 6 verse 8. And I want to share this in the next 25 minutes. Give me 25 minutes. You gave me 39. You don't want me to preach 39 minutes. Trust me. Give me 25 minutes on the shot clock. Isaiah chapter 6 verse 8. And we, we are closing our series entitled Dangerous Prayers, and I think it's so fitting for a baptism Sunday, and I'll tell you why, because this message is entitled, Here I Am, Send Me. Now that's a dangerous prayer. Here I am, send me. Look at the person next to you, tell them, here I am, send me. And and here's where the verse comes from. It says, and I heard the voice of the Lord saying, whom shall I send and who will go? The voice of the Lord is here today. He's saying, whom shall I send and whom, whom will go? And here's how Isaiah responds to the call of God. He says, here I am, send me. What would it look like today? By chance, God was calling us today, and we said, here we are. Send us. I want to leapfrog over to Matthew chapter uh, 4. Matthew chapter 4. It says, one day, as Jesus was walking along the shore of the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, also called Peter, and Andrew throwing a net into the water. For they fished for a living. Verse 19, it says, and Jesus called out to them, come, follow me, and I will show you how to fish for people. Look at this verse. And they left their nets, and at once they followed. And they left their nets, and at once they followed. Here I am, send me. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we just thank you for these moments that we are going to share together. Lord, I pray that you help me preach this three-hour message in 23.13 seconds. In your name we pray. Everybody says amen and amen. Does anybody anybody know voicemail? Mike, you have voicemail? Do you have, everybody have voicemail? You know how this voicemail thing works? Before there was voicemail, there was something called um, answering machines. Y'all remember answering machines? Wasn't answering machines amazing? It was like a it was like a family thing, wasn't it? It was like it was like you came home and you heard your messages when you got home. It was amazing because your answering machine would say something like, Hey, I'm not a I'm not at home right now, but then people started getting robbed. So they were like, I'm not available right now. You were telling people I'm not at home right now, right? But it, and if you don't know what an answering machine is, just ask your parents. But um, answering machine was a unique family experience because you come home and you hear all the messages. But now we have these things and, and they have, Mike, can you, can you just call me real, real quick? When someone calls you right now, this is what happens. You, it's, a, it's an amazing thing. You, you can do a few things when someone calls you. Mike, call me. Do you have my number? Mike, Mike if you don't have my number, you're not worshiping no more. Is it ringing? It's not ringing? Numbers nine one. No, nah, you crazy. I'm not giving out my number. Yeah, 
Hey, Zeb. Stop Yvette, stop calling me, please. Not everybody's calling me. Hey, what's going on? Yeah, I'm here in church, man. Yeah, you know, I've just been praying all day. All day. Yeah. What I'm going to do tomorrow? Pray some more, too. Yeah, that's what I do. I pray. Did you see that? He called me, and I, what did I do? I picked it up. But look, call, Zab, call me again. Nobody else call me, please. Just Zab. Zab, call me again. Seems like you have the anointing to call me right now. This, this illustration will work so much better if it was faster, I'm telling you. It would just. Is it ringing? But you know what happens if he calls me right now? There's this awesome feature that I could do like this. I could keep it ringing. And it just keeps ringing. Have you ever let somebody just keep ringing? Look, there it goes. There it goes. Call me one more time. Look, this is an amazing feature. Amazing feature. You want to know what it is? Call me. I could send them to voicemail. Have you ever sent someone to voicemail? There, look, look, there he goes. Look, watch this, watch this. I'm available to pick up, but look. It's interesting that you can get a call and you can do a few things. You can either pick it up you can let it keep ringing, or you can send it to voicemail. When you send it to voicemail, you're just saying, hey, I'm not, I'm not available to pick up your phone right now. And I think that that's amazing because I think that God has called each and every one of us today, and we have a decision to make when we, God calls us. He called me at 17 years old. And the, the, what we have, the decision that we have to make is this. Are we going to pick up the call of God over our lives or are we going to send him to voicemail? Or are we going to just let it ring and 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 let it ring? Or are we going to say, Lord, I'm going to pick up this call and I'm going to say yes to you. I'm going to say, here I am, send me. I'm going to say, Lord, whatever you need me to do, here I am. I don't know about you, but I'm done living the kind of life that sends God to voicemail and keeps him ringing. I want to live the kind of life that every time God calls me, that every time God calls my name, I say, yes, Lord, here I am. Yes, Lord, send me. Yes, Lord, I'm available. Yes, Lord, do what you please. See, in Bible times, they didn't have voicemails, but you know what? They responded in one of three ways. Here, here's the first one I want to give to you. He people in the Bible responded like this. Yes, Lord, here I am, but I'm not going. on you. Here I am, Lord, but I'm not going. You know, you know that that one. It's the it's the one that Jonah had. Like God told Jonah, "Hey, I need you to go preach my word to Nineveh." And he's like, "Lord, here I am, pero manda otra persona porque yo no estoy available." Lord, here I am, but I but I'm not I'm not going. And many times that's that's kind of like what we may do in our lives. We're like we say, "Lord, here we are, but you know, I'm not and I, he wanted him to go to Nineveh. He's like, Nineveh what? Nineveh who? Nineveh what? Nineveh who? He's like, I ain't going to Nineveh. Now watch this. He was called to go to Nineveh. And he 
And oftentimes in our lives, God has destined us and God has called us and God has placed purpose in our lives. And God created us on purpose with a purpose. In fact, before he created you, he created your purpose. In other words, he had your purpose in mind and he says, I'm going to create a vessel. I'm going to create a body. I'm going to create a person that's going to fulfill the purpose and the intentions that I have already prepared for him. Oh, I can't tell you how many times I say, Lord, here I am, but I'm not going. I have excuses and I have reasons and I and I can't do it right now. It's going to cost me too much and I can't do it right now because I'm available and I got this business and I got this job and I have these priorities and I have this agenda and it's like, here I am. I'm here. I hear your call, but guess what? I'm not going. That's one of the ways that we can respond to God's call. The second way that we can respond to God's call is, here I am. Someone else will do it. That was Moses. You know that? Moses says, here I am, but you know, Aaron is a much better communicator than me. He says, I, I, Moses, I need you to set my people free. I need you to go to Egypt, and I need you to tell Pharaoh to let my people go. I need you to go to Egypt right now. There are people that are depending on you fulfilling your purpose, and he says, someone else will do it. You know, oftentimes, that's what, that's really the concern that plagues the church many of us that say, here I am, but someone else will do it. I promise you, I had this syndrome when I first got married. I was married for four years, and I was in the restroom. I'm not going to tell you what I was doing, mind your business. I was in the restroom, and I was four years married in the restroom, and I'm looking at the restroom, and I'm saying, it dawned on me. I was like, so I was scared. I never, I've never cleaned this bathroom. I was looking at the bathroom, it was spotless, it was clean. And for years upon years upon years, oh, four years, month upon month, I was looking at a clean bathroom and I never cleaned the bathroom. Someone else was doing it. And it took me four years to realize it. I was like, well, that was good. This bathroom is spotless. Every time I come here, it's just like, it's like self-clean, it cleans on its own. Not, not realizing that someone else was doing it. And sometimes we have that same mentality. We come to church. We have the hotel mentality. You know when you go to the hotel and you call for room service to pick up after you? I love hotels. You know what I'm saying? Like, and it's here I am, but send someone else. And, and let's be honest. Sometimes it's because we think that other people are more qualified than we are to do the thing that God has called us to do. That you called me to be a preacher? I'm not, I'm not an eloquent preacher like so-and-so. You've called me to play an instrument. I can't play as good as them. You called me to sing. I'm not as, as refined as this good-looking white boy Mike. Come on, somebody. I'm not, I can't sing like my boy right here. I can't. But I want to tell somebody today that if God can use a skinny little staff to deliver an entire nation, he can use you. That if he can use a lump of clay to create humanity, he can use you. That if he can use that same lump of clay to heal a blind man, he can use you. That if he can, he can take a slingshot to defeat a giant, let me tell you that he can use you. That he doesn't need a lot to do a lot. That he can take three nails and two pieces of wood to save all of humanity. I'm telling you today that he can use you. See, we can either say, God, here I am. I'm not going. God, here I am. But someone else will do it. 
someone else will sing, someone else will do the pipe and drape, someone else will lead the ministry, someone else will vacuum, someone else will clean, someone else will, will do it. But God says, I want to use you. God doesn't need you, God wants you. Well, we can respond, here I am. Lord, send me. Now, I'm going to be honest, this is a crazy prayer. This is a crazy prayer because this is the kind of prayer that says, God, God, it's okay for you to interrupt my life. God, I am completely available to you, Lord. Lord, I have an agenda and I have a plan, but you are more than welcome to interrupt it and insert your opinion and insert your will in it. God, you can do whatever you please in my life. It's the kind of prayer that says, if someone has a need, Lord, send me, I'll meet it. It's the kind of prayer that says, Lord, if you need me to give something away send me I will give it it's the kind of prayer that says Lord you need me to go to the unknown send me I will go it's the kind of prayer that says Lord if you want me to reach that person that nobody's reaching send me I will go it's the kind of prayer that says Lord if you want me to serve in an uncomfortable place send me I'll go see Isaiah with no hesitation said I'll go Lord I he didn't ask what, what are the benefits. He didn't ask how much he's getting paid. He didn't ask who he was going to, where he was going, and what he was doing. He just said, Lord, send me. I will go. See, this is the kind of prayer that changes the trajectory of your life. It's the kind of prayer. Let me tell you, if you're living a life without faith, you're not living a big enough life. For the, God, for the life that God has called you to live is a life that must Incorporate a faith and a trust in him to accomplish the impossible mission. See, this is the kind of prayer that you're headed one direction, but God says, no, no, I'm sending you here. It's a kind of, it's, it's the same thing that happened to the apostles. The Bible says that the apostles um, at that time weren't apostles. They were just fishermen. And it's, it's exactly what happened to them. They were just fishing. Everybody shout fishing. They, they were just fishing. And, and, and I, maybe that's what you're doing today. You're here, but you're just fishing. Maybe you're here, but you, you're not here for service. You're not here for church. You're just here fishing. You're just, you're just here. And, and, and just by chance, God steps into the equation and he says to the disciples, he says, hey, follow me. And I will make you fishermen of men. He says, follow me. And when you follow me, I'm going to make you into something. But what I make you into is going to transform other people. Follow me. And I'm going to transform your life. Follow me and I'm going to change you. Follow me and you're not going to be able to recognize yourself years from now. Follow See, it's the kind of prayer that it is a dangerous prayer. It's not a safe, cozy, kumbaya kind of prayer. Lord, protect me. Lord, bless me. Lord, thank you. No, it's, it's Lord, wherever you want me to go, whatever you want me to do, whoever you want me to go to. See, if, if I'm, the Bible says that the disciples did this. If I read what they did, let me tell you, I'm like, these guys don't know what they were getting into. See, it's the kind of prayer that says yes, not realizing the full extent of what you're saying yes to. Does that make sense? Are you with me? 
it's, it's, it's saying yes to Jesus, but you don't really know the full extent of what you are saying yes to. Because you're not saying just yes to a mission. You're saying yes to trusting a person. It's saying because I trust the person, it doesn't matter wherever. It doesn't matter whoever. It doesn't matter whatever. And the Bible says that Peter and the disciples dropped their nets and immediately began to follow Jesus. And I'm saying like, yo, you could have have at least asked, where are we going? You ever ask somebody, yo, come with me. Wait, hold on a second. Where are we going? No, 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 just come with me. No, hold on a second. Where are we going? Because I'm telling Peter, like, Peter, if you have, you do not realize what you have said yes to. Because if it's me, I'm asking all kinds of questions. We say, like, are you like me? Like, I'm the guy that, like, I get into the pool like this, mira. You know what I mean? Like, I love you, you people that go like this. God bless y'all. God bless y'all, but I don't trust y'all. That's all I'm saying. I'm more like this guy, look. I have to, I have to, you know what I mean? Like, I gotta, I gotta make sure I'm under control here. I'm in control. I would have been like, Jesus, no, please tell me what it is that I'm saying yes to. You want me to follow you? At least tell me where we're going. And I could just imagine this conversation with Peter. If I'm Peter, the conversation is going totally different. It's not just follow me, here we go. It's, it's more like, if I'm Peter, I'm, I'm looking like this. Jesus, a donde vamos? Where are we going? Where are we going? Jesus, are you sure you want to know, my son? Yeah, I want to know. Where is it that you are telling me? I got to follow you too. You don't need to know right now. Just trust me and follow me. I don't know if you understand this, but you're telling me to follow you, but I just want to know where we're going. No, you just follow me. You want the details? Give me the details. You sure you want the details? Por favor. Peter, you... Peter, are you sure you want the details? Mike, you sure you want the details of, yeah, I want to know what you've called me for. Are you sure you want the, are you sure, yes. Are you sure? Yes. Are you sure? Yes. Sure. Okay, Peter, here you have it. There's going to be times you're going to go hungry. We're going to be traveling. We're going to be, you're going to follow me and you're going to be starving. And guess what? There's not going to be a Taco Bell for us to eat. And there's going to be a time that we're going to look to lay our head, but we're not going to have any place to lay our head. Upon that, there are also going to be times in our lives. What's going to happen is, is that we are going to preach the word. And guess what? Yes, people are going to be saved. No, you're going to get stoned and we're going to have to run for our lives. Then there's going to be times that, that I'm going to call you Satan because you're going to get in the way of my purpose. Then why am I following you if I'm just going to be an obstruction? Well, just follow me. And then there's going to be a time that you are going to try to rebuke demons. And guess what? Yeah, I'm going to rebuke demons. Yes! No, they're not, it's not going to work. And there's going to be a time that we're going to be in the middle of a storm. In a storm? Yes, you're going to be in the middle of a storm, Peter. And when you're in the middle of the storm, you're going to think I've abandoned you. Why? Because I fell asleep. 
And there's going to be a time, Peter, and guess what? You're going to be in another storm, but I'm not going to be in the boat. And then, well, you're not going to be in the boat, then what are we doing in the middle of a storm? Yeah, because I sent you there. Why would you send us in a storm? Because then I'm going to walk to you. And then, can I walk too? Yes, you're going to kind of walk, drown kind of thing. But you're going to walk, and then you're going to drown. And then you're going to follow me, and that's because what I have. Let me fast forward. Then you're going to, then you're, what's going to happen is that you're going to go, and you're going to cut a guy's ear off. And guess what's going to happen? I'm going to rebuke you again. Do I ever get it right, Jesus? No, no, no. Then you're going to swear up and down that you're going to die for me. But then I'm going to rebuke you for saying that. And then you're going to deny me three times. When do I get to preach? When do I get to fulfill my purpose? When do I get to fulfill my calling? No, no. Then you're going to swear up and down that you're going to follow me to the cross. But what's going to happen is that you're going to run for your life while I'm being crucified for your sins. But Jesus, then why would you want me to follow you? Why? I don't get it. What's the purpose of this? Why do you want me to follow you? Just continue to follow me. That is what I've called you to do. Well, when I preach, what's going to happen? No, you're going to preach. And after I die and I resurrect, you're going to preach. And people are going to get saved. But then you're going to go to jail. What's going to happen after I go to jail? Then, then you're going to get rebuked again. <laughs> because you're going to want to mingle with only the Jews and not the Gentiles. And then the Apostle Paul is going to come to your face and he's going to rebuke you again. Man, I don't like this calling right here. I don't like it. Well, do I ever get it right, Jesus? What's the climactic conclusion? What is the happy ending? You're going to die. What do you mean? Yeah, you're going you're gonna to be so relentless about preaching my word that people are going to hate you so much that you're going to be crucified. I get to be crucified like you? No, upside down. See, oftentimes when we pray this prayer, what begins to happen is that we begin to say yes to a person. And because we trust the person, it doesn't matter what the purpose is. He calls Peter and he says, follow me and I will make you into fishermen of men as the worship team comes back up. He says, I'm going to make you fishermen of men. They were fishing at the time. So he, he used the illustration of fishing. But there are a lot of people who are gifted. There are a lot of people who are talented here. And the same thing that he tells Peter, he wants to tell you today. You don't have to be a pastor. You don't have to be a preacher. You don't have to be a singer to fulfill your purpose. What he says is that, oh, you have a business? Well, you can use that business for my kingdom. Oh, you know how to clean? Well, you can use those cleaning services for my kingdom. Oh, you know how to speak? Then you can speak to others for my kingdom I can take anything that you do right now and change the trajectory of your life you thought it was just to take pictures you thought it was just to put pipe and drink but it was so that my kingdom would increase it's so that my church will move forward follow me and I will make you I will make you into what I've called you to do we conclude here with two minutes and nine seconds, eight seconds, I'm so proud of myself. Leadership, make sure we put it in the highlights in our meeting on Tuesday. All right, don't get that excited, all right? I'll preach longer. 
It's amazing. Luke chapter 10. Varón de Dios. Te dije allá. Te dije allá, varón de Dios. This is what he did to all the disciples of Jesus. All the people that called themselves Jesus followers. This is what he did. He, he sent them out, but he went with them. And like a shepherd goes behind his sheep, that's how our Savior goes and, and leads us. And the Bible says that in Luke chapter 10, it says, After this, the Lord appointed 72 others and sent them two by two ahead of him in every town and place. Watch this. He told them the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers in the harvest field. Did, did you catch that? He's saying the harvest is never the problem. The harvest is ready. I just need people who are willing to say, here I am, send me. I know I'm speaking to somebody here today. He says, the purpose that I've created people for, I've already done. I just need willing vessels that will say, Lord, here I am, send me. Here I am, send me. And watch what Jesus says. He says, I came to seek and save those who are lost. He says, I have a mission to complete. And it's to seek and save those who are, are lost. What has happened in churchianity? We get so comfortable while the father has sons and daughters that are missing. Look what happens with the distraction. It says that 72 returned with joy. Watch this. They returned with joy. Lord, even the demons submit to us in your name. He said, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. He says, I have given you the authority to trample on snakes and scorpions and to overcome the power of the enemy and nothing will harm you. But watch this. However, do not rejoice that the spirits submit to you. But rejoice that your names are written in heaven. Watch this. There are so many things in our calling. There are so many things in our purpose that they are ancillary things that are meant to accompany our purpose, but they are not the main thing. And oftentimes, even in churchianity, we come to church and we start making the secondary thing the main thing. And God says, don't rejoice that spirits come out. Don't re rejoice that your name is written. Why? Because that's the mission of my father. He wants to bring the prodigals back home. Like, I want you to picture we're sitting here at a barbecue having the most amazing barbecue. We're having the most amazing barbecue. And someone tells me, Pastor Roe, your child is missing. Look at all the parents. Hey, your baby girl is missing. Hey, your, your boy is missing. We're at a barbecue and our child goes missing. And as our child is missing, I'm going, I'm like, I need you to help me, Yvette. I need you to help me. I need Mike, I need you to help me. Help me. Help me. Let's go find, let's go find Sailor. Let's go find Bishop. Let's go find my, my son who was lost, my daughter who was lost. Let's go find him. And in the midst of that, after a while, you start getting impatient and you start saying things like you're in the barbecue. Like, yeah, but you know, you know, the barbecue sauce wasn't that good. 
Nobody mowed the lawn. Why are you bringing that up to me? Pastor Ro, it's getting windy out here. Why are you bringing that up to me? Pastor Ro, someone doesn't know how to make pernil. Why are you bringing that up to me? My son is missing. And so many times in the house of God, the father's heart is longing for his children. I told you this man but is too tight. It's longing for his children. And we're like, well, the music's too loud. And somebody sat in my seat today, in my seat today. And, and Pastor Roe didn't say hi on the way out. He must hate me. And the fathers, no, my children are missing. We are getting distracted with ancillary things. We're getting distracted with secondary things. When the father's heart is, I got a mission. And the reason that I need you to say, yes, Lord, here I am, send me. It's because I have children that are in need of rescuing their children that their names need to be written in eternity don't get this is what baptism is it is saying that God's children are coming home hear me I don't care where you are I don't care how far you've gone. I don't care what you've identified yourself with right now. The Father is here. And his desire is that his children come back home. But I, I, I'm not a child of God. You don't know what I was doing yesterday. You don't know what I was doing on the way here. You don't even know what I was doing last night. I'm not a child of God. Listen, just because... A child has left the home. It doesn't mean they cease to be the son or the daughter of the father. He's like this. Arms open wide. This is why he needs for his children that are in the house to be willing to leave the house. To go bring back to the house those children that are missing. Today, children come back. Today, baptism is saying, God, I'm coming back home. You know what the church uses to use as a word for coming back home? Repent. For some of you guys, you heard repent and you flinched. I saw you. I saw you. You flinched. You went like that. But repent means to come back home. It's the Greek word metania, metanoia. It's to turn, do a 180 and, and turn to God. It's not important what you're turning away from. It's more important what you're turning towards. Religion will tell you there's a million ways you can turn away from wrongdoing and bad and sin. Religion will tell you that. There's a hundreds of religions that will tell you how to get rid and live moral lives. There's only one way that says, hey, I brought the way to you. All you got to do is look right towards me. That's what baptism is. It's identifying with Jesus Christ that because he died for our sins, we died 
Because he was buried, we were buried. Our old nature was buried in him. And because he resurrected, we have brand new life. So I want to I wanna call you today. If, if you're here today and you wish to be baptized, I want to I speak to you for a second. But I also know that there are some people here that maybe you didn't come to be baptized. But the Holy Spirit is doing something in your heart. I know that. I know there's people here that you feel like you don't even, you're not worthy enough to be baptized. I know there's people here that feel like, well, I have to be perfect by tomorrow if I get baptized today. I know there's people here that think that I have to stop doing what I'm doing tomorrow if I want to be baptized today. Listen to me. What God is doing in your life right now, embrace the totality of that. Don't worry about your, don't worry about tomorrow. For what God is doing in your life today is what matters. He will take care of your tomorrow. Coming to Jesus is not saying, Lord, I'm going to get it right and then I'm going to come to you. No, it's saying, Lord, the only way I can get it right is by coming to you. Okay, okay, Pastor Roe, I want to get baptized. I want to get baptized, but I didn't bring any clothes. I'm sorry. Look, 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 I can't. We got clothes for you. You want to get baptized? We got clothes for you. Oh, but I, you know, I did my hair. I did my hair. We got towels for you. Pastor Roe, I, I wasn't prepared for this moment, and, you know, I, I want my family to experience it. Hey, 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 listen. We got video for you. And we will record it and we will give it to you upon your request so that you can share it with your family as well. Why? Why? Because I, I, I don't want anything to get in the way. Don't get distracted by the other things. Be fully present in the right now. I don't want anything getting in the way of you making a public declaration of what God is doing in your life right now. So, I want you to pray this prayer after me. If you're, if you desire to place your faith in Jesus today, it doesn't mean that you're committing to a million and one things. It just means that you start like the disciples did. I trust that person. And wherever he leads me, I'll follow. You know, the good thing about God is that even when you send him to voicemail, he keeps calling. He called me so many times and I sent him to voicemail. He called me so many times and I just left it ringing because I didn't want to even feel like I was sending him to voicemail. He called me so many times and I ignored it. But the beautiful thing about God is that he keeps calling. His word says, I stand at the door and knock. I keep calling you. Hey! And I just believe that today's your day. So if that's you today, I just want you to pray this prayer after me. It's a very simple prayer. As a matter of fact, you don't have to say it alone. I just want you to say it with me. Say, dear Jesus, come into my life. I thank you 
that you died for my sins. I thank you that you rose again. And from this day forth, I am a new creation. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Once again, we want to thank you for tuning in. Subscribe now and stay connected to all of our latest messages. And if this message really blessed you, pass along the blessing by sharing it with a friend. We pray that you will be given the opportunity to apply this message, and we hope that you enjoy the rest of your day. God bless.